Thank you for that, Garrett and Kathy. That's a son and a mama com combination. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nancy, for the piano. Welcome again. I want to ask you a question by the way of introduction. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his people? Have you asked that question? Has somebody asked you that question? Probably somebody's asked you that question. What are you going to tell them? What are you going to say? I'll tell you, Peter told us, he said, sanctify the Lord your God in your heart and be ready to answer every man of the reason of the hope that's within you with meekness and with fear. Are you ready to defend what you believe? No, we don't have all the answers. But I want to ask you, as I share a message the Lord has put on my heart, why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his people? Do you know that lady that was just singing a minute ago, Kathy? She has overcome the coronavirus. Back in March, she contracted that terrible thing, but yet she's here today. Yeah, I'm telling you, God is a good God. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but Brother Randy, uh, look at all the bad things that are happening. I mean, look at all the people that are losing their job. Look at all the people that have passed away. Uh, look at uh, the stock market plunging. I mean, look at the chaos and the confusion. How in the world could God still be a good God with all these bad things happening? But I want to tell you today as we tune in, and please keep uh, that dial set. God's got a word for you. And you and I need to be encouraged these days. Let me tell you what happened to me. Back August the 15th, 2019, I got a text message at 1.03 a.m. in the morning. Here's what it said. Brother Randy, uh, you remember Jesse Andrews? He just was killed in a motorcycle wreck. Wow, my heart sank. I was in revival down in Altoona, Florida, and get this text message. He's the son of Sandy Andrews, and our heart goes out to them, and we're praying for them. But how could a good God, and why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his people? Is he really in control? And I'll never forget going to the family, asked me to preach the funeral of that young man, 26 years old. Little did I know that that young man, just seven years before his motorcycle was uh, lost control over on Jackson Lake Road and his life would be snuffed out like that, seven years prior to that, he would be sitting in a church, this church, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church, he'd hear that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again from the grave, and he believed he asked God to forgive him of his sins. I shared that at the home-going service of that young man. How could a good God allow these bad things to happen? I'm not finished. Wait a minute. A young man came up to me, 24 years old. His name is Chad. I don't know if Chad's going to listen or not. He may be listening out there. Chad came up to me after I finished the message, and Chad said, he said to me, he said, I, with tears in his eyes, a friend of Jesse's, he said, I need to be saved. I need a relationship with God. And I prayed with him right then and there, and he asked God to forgive him of his sins. You can do that right now. And he put his trust and faith in the living God of heaven, and I praise the Lord for the good things that come out of bad situations. 
Listen, I'd hardly finished that, and I left the funeral service, and I made my way back up here to the church. It was down in Monticello, Georgia. Another dear, dear, dear friend of mine, you know him well, those of you who are part of the body of Christ, Brother Charlton Bates, dear deacon, a dear faithful man, went to be with the Lord that same week. And right when I finished sharing at Jesse's funeral, I made my way up uh, to here, and I'm sure that Eddie and Marcia are listening. I say, God bless you, and thank you for what you've done for your dad. And anyway, uh, I'll never forget speaking of Brother Charlton and times we went out soul winning and praying and laughing and crying. And anyway, speaking of laughing, I'll never forget Sister Lois, his dear wife, had dementia. And one time I went to visit him, and they she said to me, she said, Brother Randy, I'm losing my mind. She said, will you look and see if you can help me find it? And, of course, we laughed. You just have to know her. And she said, it might be in your pocket. But I'll never forget one time, and our church has heard me say it, but I can't forget it. One time I went over to her house after she had broken her hip, and we were sitting there in the living room. And as I was walking through the living room, Brother Charlton was sitting in his chair. She was sitting in her chair. And about that time, after she was recovering from a broken hip, by the way, the telephone rang. You know how people talk on the phone kind of loud, you know. I'm sitting over on the couch. I could hear all this conversation. Hello, said Lois. And I heard a voice on the other end of the phone. Hello, Lois. This is Ann. And I was just wondering how you're doing. Lois said, well... She said, I'm doing good. She said, I'm just sitting here. She said, I don't have any clothes on, but Brother Randy's here with me. I said, time out. I thought Brother Chowton was going to fall out of his chair laughing so hard. Well, anyway, I want to tell you on a more serious note, why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his people? I love that old song. The God of the good times, he's still God in the bad times. I can't hear you. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. For the God of the mountain, he's still God in the valley. For the God of the day, he's still God in the night. And I want to say hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope that brings hope to your heart and healing to your soul. And uh, faith, birth in your soul because God is a good God. And the three reasons we're going to look at today the three unmistakable that will change your life. Three reasons why a good God will allow bad things to happen to his people. I want to zero in, and you don't have a screen behind you, but anyway, find in your Bible the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a little minor prophet, and you may have to unstick the pages as they probably stuck together in your Bible. Find that little minor prophet, the book of Habakkuk. And I want to share with you what the Lord's got on my heart today. Three reasons why the Lord allowed bad things to happen to his people. I hope you'll ask somebody else to tune in. Send them a text message right now. Call them on the phone. People are asking this question. No, I don't have all the answers, but I'll tell you, the Word of God has some answers. Number one, we're going to find out the background to the book of Habakkuk. He's a minor prophet. We don't know a lot about him, but we know he was... Uh, prophesying during the time of some bad things happening. In fact, he's asking the same question. He's saying, God, where are you? In essence, why is all these bad things happening? I talked with a man today on the telephone for about an hour. We prayed together. I'll tell you a little bit more about him, Brother Larry Taylor. And he was saying, I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling down. 
I'm telling you, there's some of you that are listening today, the truth be known, you've been down in the dumps. And here, Habakkuk, the prophet of God, gives us three reasons why a good God will allow bad things to happen to his people. Number one, as we come to the book of Habakkuk, we'll see in chapter one that a, a good God will allow bad things to happen, number one. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because he is going to do, listen, a work among us, a work miraculously. He's going to do, and he's doing a miraculous thing. We'll see that in the days of Habakkuk and even in our day. I say hallelujah. Number two, we'll see that in Habakkuk 1.5. But number two, he is not only going to do a work miraculously. Number two, he will show us his vision clearly. Chapter 2 of the book of Habakkuk, verses 1 through 4. Please take notes. Please pay attention. This will be a no doubt, uh, blessing to you, our prayer. Number three, he will not only work a work miraculously and uh, do not only that, but he will show us his vision clearly. Number three, we'll find it in chapter three. Watch this. I love this. He will cause us to grow spiritually. You mean bad things can cause us to grow spiritually? Paul said that. We know that all things work together. What? For the good. Not bad, all things, not some, not many, not most, we know. Not that we think, not that we speculate. Paul made reference, I'm jumping to the New Testament. We know that all things work together. It doesn't say all things are good. It doesn't say that at all. It says all things work together for the good, hallelujah, to them that are called according, them that love the Lord, and to them that are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, them he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, and whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. He foreknew, five verbs, past tense, foreknew, predestined, and called, and justified, and glorified. Hallelujah. God said some bad things can happen to us, but I'll work them for your good. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? If you don't believe that, you are going to be, and I'm going to be, down in the dumps. Number one, notice with me in Habakkuk chapter one. Look what Habakkuk's doing. He's calling upon the Lord. Why, Lord, are you, y'all listen down. Why, Lord, are you allowing the Chinese to invade? Oh, I'm sorry, did I say Chinese? I, I didn't mean to say Chinese. I meant Chaldeans. Hello, you did get that, didn't you? Well, why is this... Um, terrible plague, coronavirus, invading our land. Could it be that the Chinese, uh, whether intentional or unintentional, allowed this biological warfare to infect not only our culture, but there's a, a lot of speculation, a lot of answers need to be made. At any rate, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians are invading the southern kingdom of Judah, Habakkuk saying, why, Lord, will you allow a heathen nation, a communist nation like China, to afflict your people? Ah, huh? now you get the background. Oh, now you get the setting. Look at chapter 1 of the book of Habakkuk. Verse 1, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. I'm reading from chapter 1, verse 1. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. And then he skips down to verse number five. Listen to this. 
Behold, ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously. Listen to what God said. I will work a work in your days which you will not believe. Oh, hallelujah. Though it be told to you. I want to tell you something. God quickened that in my heart. We've been praying for a long time in the midst of this terrible scourge and this terrible plague. Oh, yes, this disease, this pestilence. And I've been praying for a long time. The Lord will give us an opportunity to go by way of YouTube and by way of Facebook. And guess what God's doing? Oh, are some good things coming out? I'm telling you, God said, I will work a work among you. You will not even believe. I'm telling you this, there's some bad news and there's some good news. The bad news was God was using this, watch this now, as a, as a scourge, as a rod of correction upon Israel. Look at verse number 6. He says, For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess and dwelling places that are not theirs. Look at verse number 12, are not thou from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them for judgment. And, O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. The Lord sometimes, listen, the Lord sometimes allows bad things, storms, afflictions, troubles, trials to blow in our life to correct us. How do I know that? Because here Israel had committed immorality and idolatry. They had coveted after other gods. God said, don't do that. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your being. Do you really love God? Are there idols in your life? These things can creep in our life unaware, unintentional. Hello, I need somebody to listen to me today. And you see, Paul made reference to the children of Israel. 1 Corinthians 10 is the reference. He said those things happened to Israel. They wandered in the wilderness and fell. The carcasses, why? To give an example to the church. That's New Testament, beloved. Some of you are saying, but that's law back there in Old Testament. Give us some grace. Read 1 Corinthians 10. Why? The Lord chastises people saying, this is a warning, an admonition to the church. Now listen, I know you probably don't want to hear this, but why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his people? Have you learned to kiss the rod of correction? I don't believe in sparing the rods. The old saying, spare the rod, spoil the child. I thank God my dad didn't spare the rod. Can I get an amen? Oh no, yes, uh, foolishness is bound to the heart of a child. The rod will drive it far from him. Do you know the Bible, the writer of Hebrews said this, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He chastens. He disciplines. He corrects. I'm glad to know that my Heavenly Father loves me enough. He corrects me. I suggest to you some of the things that are happening today are allowed by Almighty God for our correction. Hello? Oh, really? You mean a good God would allow bad things to happen to His people? He didn't spare His only Son. He delivered Him up for us all. Read Romans 8, 32. He died, Jesus, a cruel, tormented death and God the Father didn't spare his son you think that we're any better than Jesus come on yes God is a good God but God is God all the time hey listen to me um, the bad news is that we accumulate these things and I've just got to thinking about it in my own life don't intend to watch this 
Don't intend to make sports a God. Hello. Don't intend to make money a God. Hello. Don't intend to make family a God. Hello. Don't intend to make our jobs a God. Hello. Paul said the love of money is the root of all evil. Money itself isn't the root of all evil, but the love of it. And therefore many have coveted after it and drowned in an ocean of greed. I'd say we've been blessed by all measure. Our nation has. Can I get an amen? Our families have. Can I get an amen? Our health has been blessed. Our families have been blessed. And if we're not careful, we can forget God as Israel did. And then God has to wake us up once again. How? The same way he did in the days of Habakkuk, allowing something to shake us up. But I'm glad to tell you, praise the Lord, some things can't be shaken. I'm telling you, the Word of God cannot be shaken. And the Lord God Almighty cannot be shaken. And thank God His promises cannot be shaken. You can stand on them in the midst of terrible times and, and turmoil and upheaval. Praise God. We've got a God that will hold you steady. We've got a God that sees everything. Thing. We've got a Lord that his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is complete toward him. You can trust him today. Will you turn to him today? Will you call upon him today? Will you break free from any addictions or any codependencies that we have allowed to accumulate in our life? I want to tell you this way. God is a jealous God. That's right, he's jealous. Anything that comes between us and his relationship must be dealt with. He demands number one, and tell me, is he number one in your life? Tell me. Has the Lord, uh, I find it interesting, some of these been used, and I love sports, don't misunderstand. I play baseball, football, basketball. I loved all this stuff. I love Jesus more. But sometimes we can put those things ahead of God. Oh, I can't go to church because this is going on. And I can't serve God because this is going on. And the Lord is just allowing us to she's stripping away some things that we've become dependent upon. And speaking of codependency, I heard about a Sunday school teacher that set up three jars in her Sunday school class. One jar was filled up with uh, alcohol. The other jar was filled up with smoke. The third jar was filled up with chocolate. She said, watch, students. She dropped the worm in the first jar of alcohol. The worm in distress died. She dropped the worm in the second jar, jar full of smoke. The worm squiveled and wiggled and finally died. The third jar, she dropped the worm in the chocolate. The chocolate, the worm was having a great time and eating all the chocolate eventually gorged itself to death and burst. The teacher looked at the students and said, Students, what does this example portray? What do we learn from this? What lessons? One little boy raised his hand and said, I know. She said, What? He said, If you drink alcohol and smoke and eat chocolate, you won't have worms. <laughs> he missed it a little bit. Anyway, hey, what about this? A good God. Let me tell you something to happen. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen? I got the call April the 14th, 20 years ago. April 14, 2000, I made my way up to the Rockdale County Hospital. I don't know if you've experienced this or not. As I walked through the delivery room and I saw this young couple who had not had a child, I saw that their little baby boy had been born and had died. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where you come in contact with uh, this precious little life uh, gone. 
And I begin to think, Lord, I know you're the good God, but Lord, I don't understand all the things that are going on. And we prayed, and I want to tell you something. That couple right there, the daddy's name was Todd. He had just been gloriously converted on January the 1st of 2000, just a few months before that event happened. God was preparing him, no doubt. Now, wait a minute. Let me tell you the rest of the story. Uh, literally, we know either one of us, 18 years later, almost to the date, except for it was April the 15th, one day afterwards, we gathered just a couple of years ago, gathered around at the hospital bed at Piedmont Hospital in Atlanta, and that dear mom, who that baby, William, went to be with the Lord, Todd and Lee Moss, that mom was fighting for her life. And God took her home with two precious little girls. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his people? I want to tell you, Todd hadn't given up on God. Todd Moss still comes to church. And if he's listening like it was last week, he'll, he'll give you an amen and up. Um, yeah, thumbs up. I'm not saying he didn't question things. I'm not saying that he didn't go for a tailspin. I'm not saying that he didn't have to have a lot of grace and, and get through the process. But I'm saying this. God is still a good God. This is not our home. but pilgrims passing through. We're sojourners in land. There's a second reason why you and I ought to recognize that God is a good God. According to Habakkuk, notice chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. He not only will work a work miraculously, is he doing something in your life now? Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Look for what God's doing. Hey, I got to stop right there. I talked to a man today on the phone. He said, man, I'm down. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I feel like I'm worthless. I'm not doing anything. I asked him one question. I said, are you watching the news all the time? He said, yes, TV's on all the time. I said, no wonder. It's always bad. Hey, feed your flesh, feed your fear, and fear's going to win. Feed your faith, and faith's going to win. I suggest to you today, nothing wrong with walk, watching the news, but we've got to be feeding on the precious truth of God's Word because it's what builds us up. It's what gives us strength. It's what enables us. It's what in, gives us that uh, endurance to go through the storms. Peter put it this way, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. 1 Peter 4 and 12. Paul put it this way. He said, we're troubled on every side, yet not in distress. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. And then Paul said this. He said, tribulations, plural. That's the Greek word, philipsis. It means pressure. You feeling any pressure these days? Are you feeling any uh, anxiety these days? Tribulation, pressure. Tribulation worketh patience. That word means to bear under, hupomene. And patience, not only tribulation works patience, but patience brings forth character. The word is dakame. Uh, and, and so God is saying this, James 1, 2 and 3. I'm just sharing with you what God says. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his people? James said, consider it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have a perfect work. I like to say it this way. Are you ready for this? If you hadn't shouted now, you should shout right now. Take the good with the bad and make the best. Do you hear it? 
take the good with the bad and make the best. God, help us to do it. Number two, we will see God's vision clearly. Look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 following. Habakkuk said, I will stand upon my watch. Mishmarath is the word for watch. It means a guard. Here's what, here's, what, here's what Habakkuk was saying. I need a word from God. Have you ever gotten that place? I need a word from God. This person's saying this. This person's saying that. But I need to hear from God. As Habakkuk said that, look at this, chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon my tower and will watch. He was a watchman. Are you a watchman? Hey, now's the time to be a watchman, intercessor. Look at this. To see what he'll say unto me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet at an appointed time. For the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not tarry. Again, the Chinese were invading Judah. Did I say Chinese? I meant Chaldeans. <laughs> Seeing if you're listening. The Chaldeans, the Babylonians, were invading, and Habakkuk said, Why, Lord, why do you allow bad things to happen? Why the suffering? And now he's saying, I need a word from God. There's somebody out there listening right now. You need a word from God. You've been wrestling with this thing, and you're not sure what God's up to. You need a breakthrough. You need a breakthrough. Stay with God. Get in your prayer closet. Get on your face before God and ask God to reveal what he's up to in your life. And whether he does or not, I'll assure you this, it'll not be wasted time. Oh, no, there is power in prayer. No wonder people will see the difference in you and me when we spent time with Jesus as they did Peter and John in the book of Acts. They were unlearned men, but they've spent time with the Lord. I'm telling you this, he'll show us his vision clear. Guess what's happening right now? I see God stirring a spirit of revival among my own family. That's right. My dad's sending out a devotion, and my brothers and sisters, for the first time, we're chiming in, and, and I'm telling you, God is up to work. Write the vision, make it plain. Watch this. Watch expectantly, write obediently, and wait patiently. God is real. I said, God is real. I said, God knows what we're going through. He has told us he's going to be with us, not from the storms, but in the storms. Yes, even outside the storms. Wait a minute. So what is God doing in your life? Is he doing something? I don't confess. I understand everything that God is doing. But I know this. God's a good God. It kind of reminds me of the man that was at a restaurant and he fell down. Somebody saw him fall down. He was over at the salad bar, and he was get, trying to get some food, and he fell down. He fell down two times. Somebody pepped him, picked him up, and he tried to walk, and he fell down again. They said, call 911. They rushed out, and the EMT, the paramedic came in. They put him on a, wheel, a stretcher, rolled him to the hospital, the ER. And as he was going through the hospital, they said, what's your wife's name? He told his, the man, the doctor, the wife's name. He said, call the wife. They called her immediately. He said, something's wrong with your husband. He's falling down. He can't stand up. He's something bad wrong. She said, really? She said, well, do you have his wheelchair? They said, wheelchair? <laughs> we didn't know he had a wheelchair. Hello. Sometimes we think we know what's going on, and we don't know what's going on. But look here. 
Why would a good God allow bad things to happen? Number three, the third reason is not only to give us his vision, clear vision, and work a work miraculously. But number three, notice chapter three of the book of Habakkuk. Two, help us to grow spiritually. Tell me, are you growing spiritually? Are you going for, growing further from the Lord or closer to the Lord? Look at chapter 3 of the book of Habakkuk. There's five woes. By the way, I don't have time to elaborate on all these woes, but you can see them clearly. And chapter 2 and also chapter 3. But look at the last part of chapter 3. Bad times are turned into glad times. Look what Habakkuk said. He said, although, chapter 3, verses uh, 17 through 19, although the fig tree shall not blossom and the fruit shall not be on the vine, the labor of the olive shall fla- fail, the fields shall, shall be cut off, the fields, look, the labor of the olive shall fail, the fields shall yield no meat, and the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no meat in the stall. I love what Habakkuk said. Look, don't miss this. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Bad times turned into glad times. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He will, notice chapter uh, 3, verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. He'll make my feet like what? Hind's feet. What's a hind? It's a deer. Do you know that? It's a deer. And that deer will, I've watched them up in the mountains, up in Colorado, those listening in Colorado, hello. And even over there in uh, South America, up there on the mountains as they're navigating through that treacherous terrain, they'll put their front foot in one place and get a good traction, and then where their front foot leaves, their back foot will fall of the same. Yes, he'll make my feet like hind's feet. I'm telling you this, when the devil comes in and starts lying to you, that God doesn't care about you, and that the Lord, if he loved you, you wouldn't be going through this, and the devil says he's finished with you, and the devil lies, and he tells us uh, that if God was a good God, he wouldn't be allowing these bad things to happen. And the devil's wearing us out. But thank God you can tell Satan, get behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, and by the word of God. God's not promised us everything we want, but he's promised to be with us and take us to our heavenly home. This is not our home. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen? A man I was telling you about earlier, Larry Taylor. Larry came to church a little over a year ago, December of 2018. And I'll never forget, 72-year-old man, watch this, he played football with the University of Arizona College. Larry told me when he came to church, he said, I've taught college and taught on the, you know, that level for a number of years. But there's something missing in my life. And God showed me there's something missing in my life. He said, I need this something. Well, you know what it was, Jesus, a relationship with God. And I shared with Larry that day, and Larry called upon the Lord to save him. I had the privilege of baptizing Larry just a few weeks after that. Little did I know, little did he know, little did anybody know. A few weeks after that, he ended up down there in the hospital. He'd end up down in Macon Medical Center. Watch this. With tubes running down his nose and his mouth, breathing machine, respirator. 
Not one week, not two weeks, not three weeks, but longer. Forty days, if I'm not mistaken. I remember seeing and visiting Larry and praying, Oh, God, thank you that you saved him. Lord, I don't know. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. But God raised him up. And it was shortly after that, just a little over a year ago, he came to church and he came down to an old-fashioned altar and got on his knees and said, Lord, thank you for sparing me. I want to serve you. I talked with Larry today for an hour on the telephone. We prayed together. Tell me, where are you at now with your relationship with God? Have you been asking these questions? You probably have, and others have asked them too. Some suffering is directly related to sin. Some suffering is just purify the saints some is to bring glory to God we can see that from the book of Job and other references why would a good God allow bad things to happen I wonder right now in the midst of all of your questions if you just reach out your hand of faith with the eye of faith and the heart of faith and ask God to strengthen you during this time he'll do it if you're not a Christian that's the first step you need to, to take listen I'm glad that Jesus didn't say going to the cross is too much, being spit upon is too much, being nailed and whipped, I can't do it. Rather, he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. Right now, he can help you. He wants to help you. Will you call upon him right now? Paul said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God's raised him from the dead, you can be saved. But there's many Christians listening, and I pray that God will strengthen us right now for the journey that will bring glory to him. Father, as we come before your throne of grace in the matchless overcoming name of the Lord Jesus, the sweetest name we know, I thank you, Lord, for your word that you revealed your will and your way in your precious word. Give us ears to hear now, hearts to obey. We'll surrender, I pray, God, for men, women, boys, and girls, and especially teenagers, young people that are asking questions, and some maybe feel hopeless right now. You'll let them know there's hope, and there's eternal life, and there's heaven, with blessed assurance for all who put their faith and trust in you. We give you glory now, praise now for the lives that are being changed because you're worthy. In Jesus' name.